Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Good morning, Sarah, and good morning, everyone. Good morning, Brian. <laughs> good morning. Uh, how you doing, Barbara? I'm great. How are you doing? Happy yeah. after Thanksgiving. 
Happy after Thanksgiving to you, too. The notion that we're controversial to be controversial, I just want to dispel that myth. That's not the case. Uh, we're actually just, I, I, you know, the way I feel is we're just having conversations that normal people have uh, in, in different environments. And so simply to be controversial, uh, that's not what we're looking to do. But we are looking to, you know, share thoughts and everything. Speaking of, how was your Thanksgiving? Yeah, it was good. It was, you know, with my family, we've got uh, my parents. I have three brothers. I'm one of four, two sets of twins. Had the full squad here. Lots of eating. And um, I'm feel, <laughs> I feel like I'm ready to detox today. What about you? Yeah, I, th I think uh, more, more of the same. Uh, you know, I was planning on uh, last night leaving early in the morning to get to get home. Uh, but uh, my, my wife left ahead of me last night about... Um, Nine nine thirty at night. Uh, we, we were upstate New York, and she was she left ahead of me to go back to Long Island last night. And I got a wonderful phone call at eleven thirty in the morning or eleven thirty at night that she got a flat tire. <sighs> two, 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 two hours, two and a half hours away from me, with three of my kids and and a dog in the car. So I'm like, come on, what do you do? What? And, and I said, why'd you leave in the middle of the night? And she said, well, that, you know, let's talk about that later. What are we doing now? And so I said, where are you? And got out of uh, out of bed and drove two and a half hours uh, to go change a tire. When's the last time you changed a damn tire? I'm in, I'm in the automobile business. I guess we do that many times a day. I haven't done it in years. And last night, I changed a tire on a fully loaded MDX and got back uh, and went straight home and got back to New York City about 3.45 in the morning. So, my Lord, uh, it's um, been an interesting night, to say the least. Wow. Well, I'm impressed yeah. um, that you can change a tire. That's a bad would. <laughs> you didn't want to call anyone? You know how stupid it is? I was impressed, too. I mean, you had to find a little key that fits the spe specific lug and then take everything off and remember the order. And, and you know, I got absolutely filthy in the process. But, you know, it's it's good to be humbled every now and then. And I, I certainly was humbled last night as I'm going through the process. And I turned around and looked at her. She's holding a, uh, her uh, iPhone as a flashlight. And she's just laughing. Like, you know, because it's, it's not my, my normal uh, thing to do at 2 o'clock or whatever time it was in the morning. But, uh, you know, what else can you do? No, there's probably not anyone else I would bother or burden with that uh, at, at, at that hour. And I certainly didn't want to have strangers going to get her off the New York State Thruway. So I told them, stay in the car. You know, they got themselves to a gas station. Stay in the car, and I'll see you in a little while. I jumped in and went to get them. So it's, uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Did you listen to yesterday a lot of the uh, Thanksgiving uh, festivities at Roaring Clubhouse at, at Breakfast with Champions uh, and, and the tributes that people were giving to one another. I thought that was really special. I was loving it. I, I you got a lot of uh, airtime yesterday from other people applauding you, and I loved hearing that as I think uh, it was best said. You know, I think you push people and challenge them. And they might not always like or agree with you, but they, they kind of love you. You got a lot of love yesterday, Brian. A lot of love. Well, it was it was good to hear because you know sometimes you, you when you when you do challenge somebody, you know the initially there's a pushback. I, I get it a lot from, from you know, we all get it from our kids, 
uh, and you know, and certainly members of the team, I get a lot of pushback from initially, and and then all of a sudden they're hitting home runs and they get to a place that they never thought they could get to, and then they say, "Look what I did, all by myself," and, and like, yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I remember, I remember. Well, and, Brian, you know, at the at the end of the day, you're in you look at intentionality and the intentions of your words, and people want to know how you got to where you're at, not just professionally, but also physically. People are like inspired by you and if they want the answers they don't always like what they hear but you give them what they need not what they want yeah you know there's a um uh, and i hate to bring up a dirty word but uh, they, they say of uh, donald trump they said he's like the doctor that goes you go to and he tells you listen you're fat you need to lose 40 pounds and stop smoking and and you know initially the patient's all pissed off at him for for telling them those those words that they needed to hear. And sometimes I suffer from that, but I, I don't, I, I never suffer from it in a malicious way. You know, sometimes when uh, I'm working with the team, I try and be very straight with them. Uh, and I think that's, you know, what I would want uh, for me. And at this stage of the game, and not that I'm old, but at this stage of the game, I, the, the dressing it up, uh, and, you know, somebody comes to me for direct advice. I'm not going to try and hurt anybody, but I'm going to give it to them directly. And I think that, you know, that's, tends to work best with me and the best coaches that I have, the best people in my life that I have shoot straight with me. And, and, you know, we're, we're, hopefully we're polite and we're respectful when we do it, but like, Hey, listen, you can't do that. Listen, you can't say that you need to start addressing this. And, you know, and I think that's part of my responsibility for the people uh, that, that I manage uh, in the business is to, to shoot straight with them always. You know, why would you let somebody you care about waste time going in a direction you know doesn't work to simply make them happy. You know, the, the old saying, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you, doesn't imply that you're going to make it easy for somebody all the time. That's that's not what the good book means. That's If I gave you my kids and I said, take good care of my kids, I wouldn't want you to feed them ice cream all day long and, 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 and popcorn and pizza. You know, I, I'd want you to, to teach them how to take care of themselves. I'd want you to teach them to get up early in the morning. I'd want you to teach them to open up a book and to read it. I want you to teach them the things to be polite and have manners. And that's not always easy. So I think a lot of people mistakenly uh, think that we have to be fluffy with everybody and just super you know, nice. And, you know, I guess that's what's happening today. And I was watching something on some kids that all won medals in, in soccer. And the father said they don't even keep score in the soccer game. And that's not soccer. <laughs> you got to keep score. That's not life. They, it's not life. You know, life keeps score. You know, I, I'm, I'm a certain uh, weight. I'm a certain number of years old. I have a certain number of dollars in the bank. We sell a certain number of cars every month. You know, the, in every aspect of your life, you're keeping score. So, you know, the, the sooner or later you learn the counting and you learn the numbers and learn that the numbers count, I think the better, the better off you are. Uh, and speaking of counting, did you see uh, Nelson and those guys closed on their first real estate deal? Uh, oh, like, that's mine. Yeah, because yeah, that, that yeah, was eight, all off Clubhouse. Eighty-one million dollars worth of real estate that mm -hmm. they raised from a, a room and from people taking a leap of faith and and supporting these guys. And you know, uh, I full disclosure, I, I I put a little bit of money behind uh, the, the cause, and I say a little bit of money. I mean, there I know several people that put more. 
Uh, and I know a lot of people that put less and or nothing, but I, I really like these guys. I think uh, I support uh, young entrepreneurs, and I think the deal made a little bit of sense, so I put some money there. And um, you know, I'm listening to my, my, my brother, Grant Cardone, who says, end the year with no money in the bank, and I'm working very hard at that. Well, we want to clarify that it's using that money to buy assets that can move the needle for generational wealth. You know, don't just go out on Black Friday and, you know, buy things to buy things. But yeah, Grant is Grant's coaching us in such a strong way. And, uh, you know, it's landing for me, too. I, you know, I was, you know, I'm doing some other things and I brought it up with my brothers at dinner last night and they were like, wow, we've never really heard you be so aggressive and talk like this. But I, I think it's just hearing and being in these rooms and our thoughts do become things. So yeah, that that's really impressive what they were able to do. So buddy of mine sent me yesterday an ad for Chase Manhattan Bank. He, uh, he heard on the radio or on television and it said, invest for your children's future now with Chase. And Chase is offering like 0.000% um, advertising uh, their, their rates for savings. And he said, at that rate, if you put $10,000 in the bank in 30 years, your, your son or daughter would have uh, $30 in interest. <laughs> and, you know, so when you, when you actually think about that, that the interest rates are, are being offered and people putting cash in the bank, it's really, my God, you really got to relook at that, uh, that, that strategy. And I just, I have to pop over to something off track for just a second because he's sitting yeah. next to me on stage. Alex Flores, if you're there, I just wanted to give you a big shout out and say congratulations. Alex is a young, young guy out of Texas, and he's been buying car dealerships like uh, like I've been buying shoes, and he just closed on a Honda dealership, from what I understand. And you know, Alex's story is one of those really from rags to riches, and he's he's done some pretty good stuff in our space. So I just see him there and say, Alex, hats off to your brother. And he may not be on mic, but I just saw him and I just wanted to acknowledge it. He called me up to ask me something the other day and I answered the question without giving him uh, credit for, hey, that's pretty big news uh, buying a Honda dealership and it's a big responsibility. And I think this will be his fourth or his fifth deal and he's a young guy and that's pretty cool. I love seeing young guys get out yeah, there and I've, do it. I love it too. And, uh, you know, just being in these conversations, a, a mind once expanded can never go back to its original form. So whether you can take action in this moment to buy dealerships or make investment in, in real estate, these seeds are being planted that may not have been planted in the environments to which you were born into. And that to me is the magic of Clubhouse. And why I'm, you know, loving it. I'm a TV person. I'm a TV person. TV, I thought, was my space and my dream. And I'm finding here the growth and connections have been unbelievable. So to hear those guys able to bring, uh, you know, to raise those type of funds here on Clubhouse and make such powerful moves, it just continues to inspire me to that spending time in this, in the, on this app, in the right rooms, um, in the right communities can change the trajectory of your life. And what's been happening, you know, we talk about motivation, education, and, and, and information. And, you know, as guys are talking through this stuff and women are talking through this stuff, you know, it, I, I think the, the, the lesson should be not to make somebody envious, but, you know, to say, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. You know, if, if she can do it, I, I can do it. If he can do it, I can do it. And, you know, the notion, yeah, but, and we've got to get those yeah, buts out of our life. Yeah, but I'm too old. Yeah, but, 
you know, because whenever you say that, is there somebody else doing it? Is somebody else that's your age doing it, our age, my age? And the answer is most often, yes, yes, yes. So if they can, you know, I, I got some, you know, pretty lousy news from the orthopedic surgeon. You know, I, I, I'm done. You know, there's there's no rubber left on the tire uh, when it comes to my knee. I had a you know, MRI the other day. Uh, but, but you know, I, I picked the right orthopedic surgeon. He says, yeah, we'll figure a way out. But for now, I need you to stop this, and we're going to do that. And, you know, then I contacted my, my buddy Peter Charles. What do you think, Peter? And Peter said, well, we got to change your diet completely. we got to get you 100% where we get no inflammation. we got to get this thing to heal, and then we can do this, this, and this. And, and you know, because I'm, I'm stubborn as a mule. I want to run. I don't want to stop running. And, you know, I know there are other things you can do, like, bicycling and swimming and all that other stuff but i still like to run and i want to make sure that i'm able to do that and so getting around the people that uh, can do that and thank goodness my wife put away some stem cells when we had our kids thank goodness because it gives me an opportunity to perhaps try that so i'm kind of excited about going in that direction can i get you into yoga you know, yeah, you know, it's, I, I admit it's so great for you. I just never make the time for it that we have a, at our gym, a woman named Tara and she's phenomenal. Uh, but she's, you know, she, her classes start at seven o'clock in the morning. By that time I'm toast. I'm already out the door. Uh, but yoga, yoga is so fantastic for you and, and, it, and done correctly, man, that's, that's difficult to, uh, to do, especially uh, me, I'm as flexible as a rusty gate, uh, and, <laughs> and, and, but but it's amazing how after uh, a, a couple of minutes uh, or a couple of hours or a couple of sessions, how that changes, you know, the and and that's such such a good thing for flow. So that that may be one of the things that I'm relegated to doing as I look for ways to replace the running and keep the cardio going and keep that part of it going. And to be honest, on on, on Thursday, uh, which was yesterday, a bunch of my uh, teammates at Paragon, uh, they all went for a, a, a run. I, I'm not sure how far the run. I think they were supposed to go for a 10-mile run, and they posted a picture on Instagram of them all uh, in uh, Central Park underneath the, um, uh, the the cat that is on Cat Hill on the Upper East Side of Central Park, and, and, and I felt a, just a little tinge of, not jealousy, but like, oh, you know, mm -hmm. FOMO, missing out. Man, I want to be there. Come on. You wouldn't even know about Cat Hill if it wasn't for me. Now you're running without me? I want to be the old guy sitting on the sidelines. I, I don't want to be a spectator. Uh, so, you know, I, I, and, you know, it's, it's, it is amazing the impact that we can have. None of these young men, and it was all men in this particular picture, none of these young men are runners. And to see that they've all taken on running and to think that I have something to do with that really puts a smile on my face. But damn it, I want it to be there. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to sit this one out. Well, I think you're going to have a comeback. And I got to loop back to what you said, how some people will hear what is being discussed in these rooms and they'll be, oh, they're just trying to impress me and wow me. And that is, you know, in the eyes of the beholder. Truthfully, if you understand, it's actually not to impress anyone, but to impress a- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Upon everyone that 
these things are obtainable <clears throat> and these opportunities are there for us dive into. And this is what I love about the conversations that they host in, um, uh, you know, in, in, in uh, Nelson's rooms and here in Breakfast with Champions and uh, in the mom link. It's def it's not a, a circle to exclude anyone. It's to include people in conversations that can move the needle and your thoughts become your destiny. So, so I, I just know from even my own upbringing, being messaged things that were not useful and were unproductive and actually counterproductive. And now we get to have these dialogues and you hear these guys raising millions of dollars. And, um, you know, there's just so much more opportunity on the, this app that I want to really impress upon everyone that there's an opportunity here for everyone to take their gifts and run with it and create community and take it in the trajectory that works for them. What I hear, when I heard that Nelson was 25 or 26 years old. Um, he was born in like 1996. I, I was like <laughs> doing things in 96. I yeah, was well, somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, in addition to that, I was wearing a leather jacket of mine that I think was older than him. That's really cool. But <laughs> And I'm like, oh, man. And, and I sat down and said, man, I, I wasn't that sharp at 25. And can you imagine, I say, can you imagine the future this kid's got if he, you know, keeps his nose clean, doesn't bump into any of the normal things that, you know, uh, people can get themselves uh, to have setbacks with, uh, you know, divorce and stuff like that. God, I'm not wishing that on anybody. But, you know, that if he, he can keep growing at the trajectory he's on now, where will he be, you know, when he's when he's 45 or 50 or 55 or 60? And, and the answer, the easy answer is he'll be wherever the hell he wants to be. And I, I think that's that's great. And so as I've got some now some uh, my, my daughter is 27. My son. Is Where did you go? Kids. Yeah, somebody called me from Hungary. I, you know, what the heck? Um, as, as my kids are getting older now, you, you sit there and say, OK, how do I help move them along? And I, I think it's sometimes easier to move strangers along than it can be for your own children because you know, you, you're dad. I'm dad to them. you know, And so I can say something to my son. And he says, yeah, OK. And, and one of my buddies that he looks up to says the exact same thing. He goes, oh, dad, David's so smart. Hey, I've been telling you this for years. Oh, yeah, no, but David told me. But I told you this years ago. And, and, and I get it. You know, I, I get that, certainly, uh, that sometimes I need to hear these things from an outside source. Uh, but but looking at my, my son, I say, okay, well, Nelson's 25 or 26. My son's 19. I got six years to get him to, to be there. And, and he will be. He, he will be. He's got the tenets of hard work. He gets up early. He, he has very good discipline in many aspects of his life. And my older daughter's getting into real estate now. And how do I help her? And when we go to Miami, I'm taking her uh, with me because I think, you know, what a great environment for her to be in. That I, you know, I don't think I was privileged to be in when I was her age to be around uh, Grant and a thousand or however other many other people are part of that meeting for her to see what other people are doing and to make connections. Uh, hey, Brian, why don't you bring up that Miami meeting? Because I actually think there's an opportunity for people to learn more about real estate and um, connect with like-minded individuals. And I did hear somebody yesterday talk about you and at uh, Grow for God that they wanted to meet up with you. I think it was Lolita and she, she couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't get in, you know, get in to see you. So there'll be another opportunity. Let's talk about Miami. Cause I'm going down there with you, Nelson and um, Todd and Gina. We're going Carmelia. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah. Well, you know, so I'm not selling tickets for grant, uh, but there's, no, a, no. there's an event, there's a real estate event in, in Miami and we're getting together on a couple of topics. Um, 
uh, one of them being uh, how do we take Clubhouse even further. Uh, but, but we're doing that under the umbrella of Grant's uh, real estate. I, I think it's a real estate 10X meeting, and it's on, I think, the 13th, 14th, and 15th of, of this month. And, and Glenn Lundy is, of course, invited. He said he wasn't invited, but th this is not like that. Of course, you're invited, Mikasa and Sukasa. And um, we're, we're. Thank you, we're, sir. I, I mean, the invite. come on, man. Uh, and and it's I think there's something collaborative that happens when we when we get together and the notion that we're going to do it with uh, some really um, forward thinking people I think is, is going to be an accelerant on the many different things that we're going to touch uh, such as real estate such as clubhouse such as how to enhance the rooms that that we all share there and to get some thoughts behind. Uh, that with with Grant and you know it's it's one of those things I was talking with Grant about I have a gym I own a gym and he's doing 10x health 10x you know, health and man it ties right into what we're doing at the gym so I want to get uh, going with that there's some licensing stuff that needs to happen uh, and Todd uh, Skelton's going to be there I I hear with Gina and I, I look forward to sitting down with with them Todd is a, a, a absolute genius beast in our industry uh, I I do believe. He's uh, sold the prime automotive organization. The number that I heard was a head crack. It was shocking, but you know, but he did it at such an amazing level. And I, I want to talk to him about, hey, what opportunities do you see in the car business that we can explore together? You know, I mean, you got a bucket of money, and I got a, I got a pocket full of money, and and where do you see this going? And discussing that with him uh, up in the Northeast, because I'm up in the Northeast, and we can discuss that from Florida, and hopefully. Hopefully he's not retiring anytime soon. Oh, not a chance, bro. Good man. No Good way. Because you know, let's let's take just a small slice of that pizza that you've got and reinvest it in something using our brain power, our mutual contacts, connections, and and uh, abilities to to take that game even further. And hey, Brian, are sir. we are we are we actually going to the real estate summit, or are we building opportunities around the summit? Well, you know, I think both. I mean, uh, you know, Majeski, when she says, hey, I'm going to stop in and say hi, and I'm going to be on the beach. Well, okay. Well, you know, those of us that are not independently wealthy are going to have to do some work, too. Uh, and, and so uh, I, I, I look forward to going to the summit uh, uh, for a, a good portion uh, of the time that I'm there. And, you know, and then hopefully, uh, you know, it's always the meeting before the meeting is where everything happens, or it's the meeting after the meeting where everything happens. And I look forward to having those meetings before the meeting uh, and meetings after the meetings uh, and, and then participating in the meetings to get some growth. And, you know, when I say the meeting before the meetings that make things happen, it's really sometimes those handshakes and those conversations you have in the hallway 10 minutes before the meeting. Those connections, those, hey, let's catch up. Let's do this. Hey, good to see you. You know, shaking hands, uh, smiling into somebody's face, making a connection in person that I think are really important, which is why, Glenn, your events take on a different level than just having a meeting uh, on Clubhouse or a Zoom meeting, but just actually being with somebody else. There's, there's something there, right? You get to bring the other senses in, right? The sense of uh, touch and, and, and sight and, and smell and make a connection. I'm not saying we're going to smell each other, but it's that, that, that human being in proximity to somebody, immediate proximity to somebody, where one plus one can equal three. Or, 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 or two plus two can equal six. And that's uh, hopefully what we're going to see down there in Miami. Plus, get some sun. 
Yeah, I'm all in it for, uh, you know, it's the power of proximity and definitely being around some big thinkers is worth worth the time. I'm definitely going to the summit. You know I'm into real estate. Um, I've got a lot in real estate and I continue to explore it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And there's other conversations that are going to take place. And, you know, you know, I'm very interested and very curious. And this isn't to impress anybody, but to impress upon people that you should put yourself in conversations so that you're, the wheels start going. So I'm very curious about the expansion in private aviation. And conversations like that may be off-putting, but they should not be. Get curious about things that maybe make you a little uncomfortable, maybe put you in a new realm of thinking, and start cranking up the, the wheels and be like, yeah, what is, what's going on in private aviation? And if you're still a person that's like, oh, that's, they're, they're just uh, whatever, flexing. I'm not flexing. I'm telling you that I think there's major growth and opportunity in the private aviation industry. And I'm going to put myself in conversations where people are talking about it. So I think that it's not only going to be about real estate, but other, whether it's um, cryptocurrency, metaverse, private aviation, Did real estate. Did you hear Todd Skelton trying to justify a private plane? That I mean, everybody. Everybody, everybody. Okay, but if you do this, and 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 it costs only this amount, and, and that number's crazy, right? And then these, but then I get to write that off, and so that crazy number's half, which is only half crazy. And then when I'm not using it, I can lease it out, and I actually make money. And and like there were two or three other people on the that particular conversation that were in the know. Dude, it, it ain't never penciling out. You can make the math better. But it's it's not something you can make pencil out. But there, let there me is just say this though: there's also intangibles that you that we're not going to be able to ah, quantify. Ah, I, the intangibles. I, I want like don't see, but you're you're mocking these conversations, and I think that's a mistake. I no, think that I'm not. these I want dialogues. To with you. Yes, I'm they're not... no, but, but they're in. They are. Listen, they're expansive. I think the metaverse sounds ridiculous. Donkulous. I think Bitcoin sounds redonkulous. I think cryptocurrency, redonk, donk, donk. But I also think, you know what? I like getting from A to B because time is my most valuable commodity. And I have a, you know, I listen, I want to get from A to B as quickly as possible with the utmost comfort and luxury. And that I'm going to get time back on both ends. So yes, I think to some people it might land and be like, that's nuts. And maybe I won't get on my return on my investment. But I'm going to talk about other things where time is your most valuable commodity. And that's where you're going to get your return turn on your investment. And then other people are talking metaverse and my head's going to roll off my shoulders and my eyeballs are going to roll in the back of my head. But I love these dialogues because they, they get the wheels cranking, get the wheels yeah. cranking, ladies well, and gentlemen. It, yeah. It's expansive thinking, right? And, yeah. You know, Todd, Todd, when he was doing what he was doing and what he's doing and what he's doing now, he's, you know, you, you need to be able to be mobile. You need to go on your, at your pace. And I think that uh, luxury becomes a necessity when you're in a position like uh, like he's in, I, I I think Delta is really helping me with the cause because I've had four or five absolutely miserable uh, flights lately. And when I say miserable, I mean they're understaffed. Uh, the planes have been canceled. I was taking my son to see uh, a, a boxing match in uh, Las Vegas, and my son and his girlfriend and my daughter and I were all going, and we had separate flights into Georgia and. He was in Georgia. I'm in Georgia, and his flight got canceled. And they said they said it was weather. Well, how the hell is my, my plane's okay and his is not? And it was just due to you know COVID and due to the excuses and the mandates and certain people weren't working. 
and I tried to get him uh, book another flight was as we were in Georgia. I, I lost my cookies. I couldn't. They were just so uncooperative. And in fact, he and his girlfriend ended up not being able to make it to the fight. The seats were quite expensive. The fight was you know, monumental. And, you know, I went with my daughter. And the, the worst part of the whole deal is you know, they missed the event. And, and the treatment by the people in, at, at Delta in Atlanta was so brutal. Uh, and I said, yeah, never again. Well, sure enough, you know, two weeks later, I'm going to Glenn's event in Kentucky, and the stewardesses show up at the airport, Newark Airport, an hour late. What the? I mean, they they knew what time we were leaving. It's Friday night. They know what the traffic is, so that flight is delayed, which causes my flight to, for me to miss the connection flight to Kentucky, which causes me to get into Kentucky. I don't know, one See, you're selling my cause on this. Yeah, you're no, no, no. That's, exa that's, that's exactly the deal. But I think uh, what I just love going into, Brian, is more the expansion of conversation and moving. Oh, that's that's for other people to talk about. It's for everybody to talk about because there's opportunities. Private aviation is a is blowing up exponentially, and it used to be so out of reach and untouchable, but it's not. They're manufacturing these planes. People are getting tired, you know, because of the epidemic. People are just kind of readjusting their funds, their way of living, the paradigm for the work-life experience has shifted. So again, it's not like, okay, listen, everybody go write this big check, sell your house and do all the things. But it's these dialogues of like, why is this industry oh, well, taking well, off? Well, they punch you in the face. You got, you, you've got to have this, the vax and you've got to wear a diaper on your face the entire time and don't, don't, don't take it off and all that other nonsense. So, uh, but, but you're trying to get uh, a flight down to Miami and you're trying to book private and it's nearly impossible. Why? Because they're booked. They're booked, which is they're so uh, uh -huh. amazing. If you you want to, and uh, you know, what's the flight? $30,000 uh, yeah. to book a flight round trip and you can't get one. Uh, and and at the end of the day, you get a couple of people on a plane, all of a sudden it starts to make sense, right? You get 10 people on a plane, that's $3,000. It's not all that far away mm -hmm. from what it would cost you to fly first class. And, and to realize that you, you, you have a plane and you can have the rules on the plane that maybe, you know, maybe uh, uh, Nelson's going to be on the plane and Jonathan so I can argue and scream at them for the entire flight without getting kicked off the plane. Um, and, and I'll tell you <laughs> a, a, a funny, funny, funny story. just going to pick me up here in London. Lundy, of course. Listen to this, Glenn. Listen, they're having, a, they're having a controversial room and they're saying, who did a better job? The, the title of the room is more or less, who did a better job? managing COVID? Was it Trump or was it Biden? And I'm on the plane. I'm up with my headsets. I'm on a Delta flight. And my wife is in, in, sitting next to me in the other in the aisle seat uh, right across from me. And I'm, I've got my earpiece in and I'm just trying as part of the conversation while I was waiting for the airport. We're about to take off. And I'm saying and, and I start giving my opinion. Right. Funny that. And I'm doing it kind of kind of loud. And my wife is like reaching across the house. Stop! Shut up! Shut up! Elena's throwing off the plane because I'm saying this guy Biden did this, this, this and this. He did, and, and and the people were turning around, and they came over. An air marshal came over and said, uh, "Sir, what, what is your name?" I gave my name. Said, okay, just checking. He wasn't just checking. <laughs> they were gonna they were gonna kick me off the plane uh, there. So uh, hopefully I won't have that problem if we leave from Teterboro. Uh, on the Majeski jet. Princeton. <laughs> Princeton, Trenton. Uh, so, all right, let's talk about some of those hot topics that were going around the rooms this week. I was really captivated by what we were talking about with inflation and the dollar store actually 
moving the needle. They've got to raise their rates. What are your thoughts on that? What was your takeaway from the dialogue that was going in? And I want to see what Todd, Gina, um, a couple of our other friends. Well, well, Glenn, Glenn was in that room too, you know, and it was interesting because Glenn, Glenn, Glenn at night was a Mac daddy, man. He was, you know, he was in full of inspiration, motivation, education. He was leaning in, which I like to see. And, you know, I understand. Uh, but, but the dollar store is now $1.25. Why? <laughs> what happened? Uh, it, it's inflation, man. And I, I think the current administration is trying to sell us that inflation is good. Higher prices is good. And I'm like, wait, wait a second. And I, I think that uh, we got to wake up. I think we've got to use our power, uh, our, our, our ability to, to vote. And I think many of these issues are, are local issues. Uh, in local elections, fully 80% of the people that are registered to vote don't. Uh, in the local election, but they'll get on Clubhouse and they'll tell you their opinion, and they'll get and they'll sit in the bar and they'll tell you their opinion, and that that damn guy's got to go, and that darn woman she's got to go in politics, and he's no good, and she's no good, and with that judge in that case was no good. Did you vote in your local election? Well, no. I, you know who votes in the local election? I voted for the president, but th those local elections are really where you and I can make a, an impact. And and let me clarify, you and I can make an impact, not towards my way of thinking or your way of thinking, Barbara, or anybody, towards whatever way of thinking you believe in. If you believe in a certain way, if you believe the state is all-knowing and, 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 and all-powerful and you want to give more power to the state, then you can vote that way. If you believe that you know individual rights uh, usurp government rights and that they work for us, then you can vote that way. And I'm not telling you how to vote. But, but for us to get out the vote, especially in those local elections, can have such an impact. The story, the room you were talking about was, was talking about inflation, and it came around to Bitcoin. And I think it's amazing that many of the pundits of Bitcoin um, cannot explain it. And I understand. I can't explain everything that I do either. But I, I'm challenging people uh, not to be a, 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 you know, a butthead, but to get a better understanding, because I think there is and there are opportunities around Bitcoin as a potential hedge against inflation. But sadly, too many of the people that we're asking can't, you know, there's two camps, people that don't know, and then people that know, but they're so technical, they, they lose me somewhere in the discussion. I think that's one of the real benefits of these rooms, Barbara, is that, that there are people that can point you in a better direction that can cause you to get a book and to read that can cause you to go to a website and, and do more information to capitalize on on some of this new universe and metaverse that's that's coming for us i love hey, that Brian, you said did that you watch the uh did you guys watch the macy's day parade yesterday i i, I did i did it, 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 go ahead did you well, see this so, so there was commercials for macy's.com slash nft and if you go to macy's.com slash nft uh, they had. Uh, they. Glenn, I think you're in. You're, you're in. You're, you're a little bit in the in the matrix. Okay. How about that? No, I can hear Glenn fine. Okay. So they did. Uh, they did an NFT drop, right? Macy's.com/slash/nft. And so I went and went over to there. They dropped uh, 9,500 digital assets, digital images. And uh, popped over there to see what that looked like as far as the traffic and what kind of prices. And, Brian, it will blow your mind, man. There is one dragon NFT. It's like a dragon float, a little di digital image. 
that uh, the current bid, when I went to bed last night, the current bid on it was $310,000 for this digital Macy's float. And that was one of 9,500 NFTs, all priced in the twelve dollars to $40,000 price range with that one blowing over the top. And so when I saw that yesterday, I was like, golly, because I've been learning a little bit about this world. I have a lot of learning to do, but whether we understand it or don't understand it, like it's a real deal thing. It is a real deal thing. And so the yesterday really confirmed it for me that we've got a lot to learn, brother. We have got a lot to learn. See, but now we have these spaces here on Clubhouse where we are learning. But Brian did just make a good point. There's two camps. There's people that don't understand, which is I'm in that camp. And then there's everyone else that's explaining it at a level that uh, doesn't land. I mean, for me, I listen and I'm like, what the heck did that person just say? So, and Barb, many of the, many of the people that are, that don't understand have put money in it. And man, I'm that's not, you know, I'm not a speculator. I'm not, you know, I have a certain percentage of assets that I, that I invest in things that are a little bit riskier, but that's speculation money, right? And and look, look at what Glenn is talking about. Macy's got an NFT on a parade float. Uh, and it was up to $300,000. And if you spent $300,000, I may get this wrong, Glenn, so please correct me. If you spent the $300,000 and you get the NFT, you get what? A digital picture of the float? That's correct, yeah. Okay, okay. That ends me. That ends okay. me. Oh. Can you understand that people have lost their freaking mind? Can we, can we just get that straight? This is, this is not a new story. There's a story called The Emperor's New Clothes. And it goes back how many hundreds of years, and you know the the story as it goes. The emperor was a fashionista, and he hired these two designers to design clothes for him for a parade. And the the design that they came up with was um, invisible. They had, here's an invisible robe, and here's an invisible uh, cape, and here's an invisible crown. And take off all your clothes and put this invisible uh, outfit on. And the emperor does this. He's standing there butt naked. And they, oh my God, you look. Oh, it's amazing. And he gets on the float and goes through the parade, and everyone's sitting there. Look at the emperor's new clothes, and and, and there are some two average guys sitting there in the crowd saying, "He ain't got no clothes on. He's naked." And I think that's what's happening here. You guys are not you guys, but people are talking about this like this is normal. No, it's a digital asset, Brian. You don't understand. It's a digital asset. It's one of a kind, and that's why it's three hundred thousand dollars. What is it, Glenn? What is it? It's not going to fly is, my head anywhere, I'll tell you that. It's not going <laughs> to. It's, it's, it's a piece of art. It is a piece of art that you, whoever buys that piece of art, they now own this piece of art. And that piece of art will be displayed for as long as they own it. It'll be displayed in OpenSea or any of these other places where millions of people travel through. Now, here's the benefit of the <laughs> NFT, Brian. Here's the benefit. Go ahead. So if you have a piece of art that you love, that means something to you, that piece of art, you may have it in your basement, in your man cave. You might have it up on the wall. Okay. Clement, Clementine drew a picture of, of the family. The cart uh, and I don't like the way she drew me. I look like a, a turkey, but she drew a picture <laughs> of the family. That piece of art, let's call that art, is unique, right? And, right? and in theory, I could 
turn that into an NFT, which is a non-fungible token, right? Right. Okay. So uh, that piece of art that she made for you that means a lot to you, you have to store that somewhere, right? Or you have it on display somewhere. Right. That place that you have it on display or stored in the physical world puts that piece of art at risk. If there's a fire, if there's a flood, if you move, if it gets torn, the opportunity for it to get destroyed because it exists in the physical realm is is there. Now, whether it's a small percentage that it gets destroyed or not, does it matter? Technically, it can get destroyed. Now, that same piece, if it were a digital asset locked into the blockchain, not only could it, it would never fade, it would never get torn, it would never get burned, it would never be, be ruined in a flood, none of those things. You don't have to create space for it anywhere. It would exist there. You could access it anytime you wanted to look at it. You could access it from your mobile phone. You could be in Paris with Barbara on a private flight, and you could pull it quickly up on your phone and be able to show it to her, right? Barbara, hey, and look, I paid 300000 for this. And, and if Barbara's and it my would friend? Be on display for millions of people that are in oh. OpenSea, and some of these millions of people might say, that is a really beautiful piece of art. I'm willing to pay you for that particular piece. So that's the enhanced ability of NFT is it's always on display. It's protected forever. Ownership is locked in. And so another good example, Brian, would be a tattoo. I have two tattoos on my back. Guess how often I see those tattoos? <laughs> Not too often. Never. I never see those tattoos, but they have meaning to me. One has my daughter's birthday, so on and so forth. Now, what are these tattoos going to look like if I live to be 100 years old? I don't, I, like a raisin, a tattoo on a raisin. That's right. They'll look like a raisin. <laughs> They'll be faded. They'll be... Now, if I had that same image as a NFT, now it would last forever. The colors would always be vibrant. I could access it whenever I wanted, and it would be on display for other people to ask questions like, what does that mean to you? Why is that important to you? It creates conversations. So the utility behind taking an asset and making it a digital NFT versus a physical allows it to be more long lasting, more protected, and also you can enjoy it and access it at any time from anywhere. That's really hey, the benefit. Hey, this is Heather. I'm Glenn, Brian, can I speak on what you just said? Is that okay, Barbara? Please. So I loved what you said, Glenn, in regards to the physical artwork and then putting it on the blockchain. And I wanted to give my example. My grandmother left me a beautiful piece of artwork that I've emulated in some art that I've done when I was like six years old. I have like a recreation of her artwork while well, she passed away and she left me this beautiful piece of artwork that I've always been a huge fan of my whole entire life. Well, that is now on my bedroom wall. And when I started my NFT journey, I said, okay, you know what? Like, I want my grandmother's piece of artwork to live on in the digital space. So I took a photo of that artwork and then I turned it into a moving piece of art and I named it Grandmother. I then put it on the blockchain through Rarible. And then you can see my grandmother's piece of art, but it's literally a digitized moving piece of art because it's a watercolor. So the watercolors look like that it's moving. And I did that with an app called Motion Leap. If anybody wants to get started on their NFT journey, um, Motion Leap is a great app to use. Um, 
to create moving art from art still images. Um, and I now have that piece of artwork on Rarible, on the blockchain. Um, and now my grandmother's art can live on. If anything happens to that piece of artwork, what, you know, through the ages, if, you know, I, I could leave it to my daughter, my daughter could sell it. Like, you know, if, if anything happens to that piece of art, it is on and living. And my grandmother's legacy is living through, um, and, and will continue on, um, through NFTs and the blockchain. So that is like, I wanted to just say that. And I did that as like a, in memory of my grandmother so that her artwork will live on and that others can be inspired by it as well. So that's, what, what, that was what mine. Your, what is your name again? My name's Heather Cox down here in the black hat. Heather, uh, uh, that's a good explanation. And, and so, and, and I, my, my relationship with my grandmother was among the most special relationships I've ever had in my life. And I, I can certainly understand wanting those things to, to live on to memorializing those things. And I think you've probably given two websites that are good reference points for people that want to create and to get involved. So I thank you for that. Where I got stuck with all this is a, a, a guy I know sends me a picture of one of these um, digital art, uh, computer-generated art things. And he says, can you believe this sold for uh, $500 million? And it looked like nothing more than a Lego with, uh, with two eyes. And, and I said, what? And he said, it, yeah, the, well, the guy sold it for 187000 Ethereum, which translates into $500 million. And I said, wait, wait, wait. This is like at Starbucks. They don't say small, medium, or large. you, you got to use their language, venti. And, and I, I don't play that game either. But So, so, I, so if I had 134000 Ethereum, I could buy this NFT for $500 million. I'm like, wait a second. And I, the next morning, my... my uh, Wife is homeschooling my daughter Clementine, and they're doing the stupid stuff that we learned, like reading, writing, and arithmetic. And I said, "Stop this! Stop this! You see this?" And I showed it to my wife. I said, "Get her to make this, because if she makes this, uh, we can sell this on uh, the blockchain as an NFT." I, and I said to her, "I don't know what the blockchain is, and I don't know what an NFT is, but we can uh, make to sell that NFT, uh, and maybe we don't get five hundred million dollars. Maybe we can get half that." And if we get half that, we can fly and we can buy a jet with Barbara and with Todd and with Grant and we can have our own jet. And my wife was like, what? I said, yeah, can you believe someone paid $500 million for this? And there's uh, as, as touching as the uh, uh, woman's story just was, uh, I, my grandma uh, has some stuff that she left me, uh, but there's not worth than $500 million to me uh, for a, a, a picture of it. And so when I said this to and my... That's what my, makes it cool, is it might be... No, it might be to someone else. It might be to someone else. I get it. in I, Dubai I, who's, yeah. who's, who's sitting on, you know, he's a seventh generation sheik that's sitting on a trillion dollars. <laughs> and to him, it might be worth 500 Okay, so now, Glenn, you got to help me with this because my daughter listens to me, one of the rare people listen to her, And she had all these drawings that she did. And she said, Daddy, can we sell these? And they, they, weren't, they weren't bad. As far as I was concerned, they were more than that, that, that thing that sold for $500 million. My, my question is, my question is, and it really was just like a, a, a Lego. What's going on here? There's got to be something that, that I'm missing. Because Let me the, ask you this, Brian. Yeah. For your birthday a few years ago, for your birthday, I got you, I got you a pretty nice gift. I got you a nice gift. Eric Thomas had Eric Thomas sign some shoes for you, right? 
Yeah, got them. Where, where are those shoes? I, I'll tell you exactly where they are. They're in, in the box that you gave them to me, and they're sitting um, in, in a space with them. The only other two expensive kind of shoes like that that I have. Uh, right. Two so, pairs. I've got three pair of shoes that people tell me are worth a lot of money. I don't know. But, so but, but I've got them. The, so, but, but, but how much do the shoes work to you? Like, are they, do you I, find those shoes valuable? Yeah, they're valuable. But, you know, I put them on. I put them on at the dealership, and I took a couple of steps. And go, no, you can't wear those. What? <laughs> no, take them off your feet. You can't wear them. Exactly. Said, well, two <laughs> things. Two things. Those shoes have more value to you than they might someone else because of your relationship with Eric Thomas and your relationship with me. Someone else might look at those shoes and go, those are an ugly pair of shoes. They've got, they've got absolutely no value. Someone else might look at them and say, oh my gosh, those, that's a million dollar pair of shoes. I'd pay anything for that. But ultimately, where you have the shoes tells, tells the real story. So those shoes that meant something to me to give to you and meant something for you to receive that Eric signed are sitting in a box on a shelf where you can't really experience them. You can't wear them. You can't really enjoy them. Whereas if they were an NFT, it would be on display. You could access. Other people could comment on them, so on and so forth. Babs, so that, we're going to get those sneakers. Utility. Babs, we're going to get those sneakers photographed. Have value. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, where this, this conversation has to go is that we all need to do our own due diligence and come to our own space where we want to invest, where we feel like our money is best served. I have no problem putting some, uh, I don't know, disposable income in NFTs, Bitcoin, uh, crypto, schmipto, metaverse. I think it's important to diversify and not prejudge. Like I think that there's very intelligent people, you know, Heather, Leba, Glenn, all saying kind of the same thing of like, there's a lot of utilities behind the NFTs. So my mind is like, you know what, I might not understand it, but I don't want to be left out in the cold. So I will take money that I can like, just be like, all right, that was dumb, which we've all done before, but I'm not putting my kids through college on it. So I think where my takeaway, I don't know anybody else's, my takeaway is keep an open mind. If very smart people are saying very smart things that, you know, some things are landing with me. Other things are like, it just sounds a lot of voodoo, but I'm okay with saying, all right, I can put a little bit here, but I'm more of like the, um, Warren Buffett way of thinking, which is like, kick the tire, lift up the hood. I want to see it. Like he invests in things that he looks around and is like, that's where the puck is going. So I'm more in that space as opposed to an ethereal space, but I never want to shut things down that yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. don't want to shut things down. So that's my thought. Yeah. And let me, uh, Brian, let me, Brian, wait, 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 yes, I'm going to throw the mic to Todd. Todd, I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, no, listen, I, I try, I tried actually back chanted Nelson the other night to try to get it on this combo. It's like, just jump in, bro. I'm like, dude, just jump in. That's an impossibility in that room. Sometimes the sharks were there. <laughs> oh my God. So anyway, um, look, I, I am with, I'm in your camp and I think I'm in Brian's camp with this deal too of I'm interested. I'm curious, but so I think sometimes what we're hearing from some of these folks, it's an all-in deal, and I, I think it makes sense to diversify too. But let's just take, for example, my recent situation and, you know, the jet deal, and you could say that's a bunch of crap, and all, I mean, Barb did a pretty good job of, of explaining, you know, pieces, parts of that. But then there's another deal where I can look at an asset, 
um, and get a very smart guy who happens to be on this app and does a does a really good job in the in the in the, in the uh, space, in the real estate space. And he and I look at an asset together, and I and I listen to this this guy kind of grind down the sponsor of this deal. It's a hotel. It's a it's a residence in, and. I'm just enamored by it. Now I can read a PL, a profit and loss statement, and I can understand what costs look like and what profits look like. But listen, here's the deal. At the end of the day, I'm I make a decision to invest in an asset that people go to, that people will continue to go to. No NFT is ever gonna change the fact that we need hotels. You can't live in a digital space. You just can't. Or and you can put this to a house, you can put this to a lot of things. And I look at the PL and I look at the past history and I look at what it did during COVID and I look at what it's going to project to do in the future and I look at expenses and I go, wow, that makes sense. That return makes sense. I have data to suggest the value of this property today and what it's going to look like in the future. You could say the same thing, Brian, for car dealerships, obviously, right? And I decide to put my money on that asset and I know that I'm going to get a return at least X, probably Y. But when I start investing in all this other stuff, and I do have some Bitcoin too, it, it just, it just, you don't really know what the heck's going to happen to it. And that for me is why I suggest the same as what, you know, you guys are saying is be curious. Yeah, throw a little money into it. But if you're just going all out, you might win. But at the end of the day, homes, hotels, real estate, it's still going to be here. Period. End of, dis end of discussion. Todd, I, I, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Yes. <laughs> and and I, don't, I don't want to miss out, right? I've got that uh, FOMO. And I, I also think, man, is Barbara, is Todd, uh, am I, uh, are we stuck in our ways of thinking? And could that uh, way of thinking cost us uh, a lot of opportunities? And and then the con the other side of that is, hey, that way of thinking got us to a pretty good spot. You know, I want to touch, feel, smell. Uh, the the asset and understand it uh, as as well and you know I, I, these younger people are jumping in I see people making this is guy Nico that I'm friends with he hasn't the guy hasn't worked in years because he bought Bitcoin when it was whatever you know that's five hundred dollars a coin and I see all of his pictures from all over the world and and, and I said to my buddy Wim, what is Nico doing well he sold some Bitcoin and, and and I'm scratching my head he's living such a life and I feel like I'm I'm missing out. But to, to put, uh, I, I'm banging on these rooms to try and get a better understanding so I could creep in with some s small position and understand. And Barbara, that we hey, could, Brian. yeah. Can, ahead, I, can I, can I, can I uh, touch on real quick what Todd just shared? Um, yeah. And I think the answer overall is both, right? The answer is both. Like you, obviously we, there's longstanding tried and true success principles that have been in place financial success principles that have been in place, and we should be exploring those 100%. As new innovative technologies come out, we should be exploring those, learning what we can, uh, and it's a combination of both. And so, Todd, I want to challenge real quick, just to challenge the mind, to challenge the thinking. You said the hotels will always exist, and the travel and so on and so forth. So I want to challenge this just a little bit. There is a museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C., and at that museum in D.C., you can go in, throw on a headset, and experience watch, walking around in Israel, right? You can go to all of the different places, to Jerusalem, so on and so forth, 
that all exists in this virtual world while you're sitting in the comfort of a building in the middle of Washington, D.C. Oh, poor Glenn's gone to the crazy farm. Let me finish. If any of you have experienced it, it feels it feels real. It is incredibly epic. And here's what I want to challenge, Todd, is not everybody can jump on a plane or go to a hotel. They can't afford to travel 20 hours across the planet to get to Israel. So the utility of being able to allow someone to experience Israel without actually jumping on a plane, without actually getting in a hotel, the convenience of it, the, the cost reduction of it can make that a very, very, very appealing way for people to travel to experience the world without actually doing it if they can't afford it. So you got to keep those things in mind that, you know, we live at a certain level. I jump on a plane whenever I want to. Not any, not everybody can do that, right? Not everybody can do that. So there's utility in these tools. They're not the end-all, be-all, but there is utility and convenience in these tools, which is what makes them valuable and potentially very lucrative. Okay, okay, you okay. You got my radar up. You got my radar up. My socialist radar up. So they're preparing us for a time when we're all not going to have access to capital. We're all going to be broke. There's going to be inflation. And, and, and what they're going to throw us as a bone is, you know, so what? You can't afford to go to the places you want to go to. Here, put these headsets on. This is just as good. Is that what you're selling us? You know, I mean, and again, I'm, 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 I'm well, pushing you a little bit. You know, I listen, think it's both. I, I think, I, Glenn, I think you bring up a good point. Um, and maybe the maybe the hotel is not the greatest of examples, albeit I do think it is for the next, you know, 10 plus years. I don't think we're going to make this m massive change. But what about family? What about families that are in different parts? They're still going to travel. You're not going to just in my mind, you're not just going to put a headset on and visit with your family and not, you know, hug them, touch them, you know, be in the same room uh, with them. Right. Uh, no, That's no offense. No offense, your family might look a little different than someone else's family. I know families, lower income families, middle income families that don't travel. They don't go on vacation. They don't go places. They can't. They can't. So, the, the, you, you know, my family never traveled anywhere. I'm the first one in my family that's ever been able to reach a financial level where travel is a reality. And so I think what you have to keep in mind is that the glasses that you might have on or even me now at this stage in my life or Brian or Barbara, the glasses that we have on are quite a bit different than, than the glasses of the single mom who's living in the middle of Watts, California, that is, that, that's got very little extra. So to be able to create opportunities for her to maybe be able to throw on, yes, a headset and get a virtual experience versus a real life that's there is a huge amount of the population on this planet that cannot just go on vacation cannot travel cannot experience so we have to look at it's a both it's not an either or i think that it's a both and i think it's important we create access for more and more people around this planet to be able to access you know, some of these other places and, and experiences. Glenn, this is Heather. Um, hey, it is a both, by the way. Hey, 
yeah. I think it, I'm just, Heather, got to hold the thought only because it's the end of the hour. And as, as a television personality, we got to cut to commercial. And this is uh, what we have to do. But I love this hour. I want to put a pin on this. And where I want to land this conversation is keeping an open mind. And again, a mind once expanded can never go back to its original form. So while we all have different opinions, we all show up with different lifestyles, different um, experiences, we can engage in these dialogues that allow us an opportunity to churning. And I want to keep that dialogue going. I want to keep it unfiltered. And I appreciate everybody's contributions so we our hour is up i thank you for joining us on breakfast with champions if you want to catch the live version you can follow us on clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m to 11 a.m eastern time monday through friday saturday 6 to noon and sundays with our 111 sunday service make sure you're keeping up with breakfast with champions and getting yourself a seat at the table